Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, yo. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover Peace to all the kings and the queens Where the mother lie Speed my rants and gems Speed my rants and gems Y'all can do it, we discover Peace to all the kings and the queens Where the mother lie Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Rants and Gems. My name is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, but better known as International MG. <laughs> and my name is Kiana Watson, license number 317576, and I am also known as International Broker Extraordinaire. Yes, yes, yes. And we're back with another dynamic episode of the Rants and Gems show. Yes. yes. Hey, you guys, we are coming to you live from London, and we were wondering, why, are they, why aren't they a part of our community? Look, if you're not part of the Ransom Gems, gym dropping community, you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice. We got live events, behind the scenes, live Q&As with our guests. You need to be a part of the community. You gotta be a part of this community so you can ask questions to all of our guests, so you can interact with us, vibe with us, get exclusive behind the scenes footage. I mean, we're gonna have everything you need in our community, so y'all stop asking questions on Instagram and join our community so you can get the real answer. Exactly. So link is in the bio. Join the Ransom Gym certified gym dropper community today. Get behind the scenes action, live Q&As, free access to all of our live pop-ups and the Ransom Gym's live experience tour. So don't wait, don't hesitate. Link in the bio. Join today. See you soon, gym droppers. Peace. So today we have Anthony. Um, of course, I know this name, right? <laughs> but we have Anthony here, and he is doing some great things here in London. He is developing communities, developing projects, mm -hmm. and he works a lot with student housing. And they call him Mr. Big Deal. They damn sure did. As soon like, as they came in, they said Mr. Big Deals is here. Like Mr. Big Deals only. <laughs> like they was about to throw the rose petal at his feet I, and everything. All, like everything, that. everything. I, I said, oh, we got the king of London over here. <laughs> That's what I feel like. So, you know, it's, I'm an, honor. Let, it's, a, it's an honor to have mm -hmm. you here. Thank you so much for giving us uh, some of your time today. And we just want to hear a little bit more about, you know, how, when did you fall in love with real estate? Uh, well, back when I was a property manager, I uh, started to 
started to realize that the ones that were actually making the money were the, <coughs> were the owners of the property, the mm -hmm. landlords, the owners of the developers. <coughs> and, um, and then so we started to do this thing called um, rent to rent. I think you call it house hacking or something. In the, in yeah, the mm -hmm. yeah. So we started as a company leasing these properties and then making larger cash flows. So instead of making just a management fee every month, we were making you know, a larger amount. So if we leased it from the landlord for a thousand pounds a month, we'd then go and rent it to the occupiers, say students for 2000 pounds a month. So we'd make a thousand. Obviously there's voids and maintenance and things that you need to take into account, but that's much better than having a, you know, a 200 pound management fee. Yeah. So we started to ramp up that way. Uh, so it's the cash flow. When I understood the cash flow, um, that's when it. That's when we started to take it a lot more seriously. And, and that's when you fell in love. Like, damn, let me stop managing properties and let me yeah. go own my own damn properties. Make some real money. Yeah yeah. 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 I like that. So, but your property manager experience, how did that help you now transition? Like, and help you run all your properties today? Uh, that, that experience was good. So, ma managing. I, I, I didn't come from a property management background when I started it. I started a business finding tenants for landlords, student tenants for landlords. And then I got into management that way from my own business. And so you make a bit of mistakes, unfortunately, mm -hmm. on other people's properties. So by the time it came to my own properties, <laughs> mm -hmm. I was good. So um, it's through the experiences, through okay. the experiences you get, you get to that position where you, um, you know what the market wants, you know how to look after the properties, you know how to deal with the maintenance, you know how to deal with the, the residents, and you kind of just put systems in place and people in place to run that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now with, with you, you know, you're more of a buy and hold investor, yeah. right? So you want, you want long-term cash flow. You're not looking for a quick fix and flip, right? So your first deal was just a regular home, right, that you, that you purchased. And then you scaled that up. So one of your first big deals was a 48-unit project. Correct. Let's talk about that. How did, you, how did you go from regular home to 48 units? Uh, so I was, I, I was um, so that was, uh, during that period, I was a, still a property manager, agent, letting agent, and um, just started getting into investing into property. Mm -hmm. And I knew from my experience as a property manager, I needed to own, uh, well, I needed to own number one. Mm -hmm. Right. I get to benefit from any capital appreciation. Um, the value's going up, that's mine, opposed to if I'm leasing it, it's the main owner that gets that benefit. Yeah. And so I knew I knew how to do that. And I also knew that I wanted to manage properties in one location. So as a property manager, we also managed apartment buildings. Uh -huh. And it was a lot easier to manage that apartment building opposed to managing, you know, 50 apartments in one building is a lot easier than managing 50 different houses. Yeah. In 50 different locations, you know, you've mm -hmm. got 50 boilers, yeah. 50 roofs. Yeah. You know, the list goes on. Whereas an apartment building, you've got one roof, yeah. Ah. One door. Yeah. And you got fifty apartments within, you know, one main entrance door, the main entrance, and you got these fifty apartments within it. So I knew I had to um, basically own something big, and uh, and own it long term. So then I got to the point where I realised, shit, I'm gonna have to build this. That's the cheapest way for me to acquire this is from building it. Mm -hmm. And so it was more of a. I worked out over time that this is what I need to do: build it, own it and then rent it out and have bigger cash flow from one asset. Mm. 
Now, Anthony, you're making it sound too easy. If you, like, you're making it sound easy. way too easy. You know what? I just decided to build a 48 unit. And, like, let's talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Like, awesome. what, like, someone that, like, people have a hard enough time wrapping their minds around just building one property, yeah. let alone yeah. a, a, you know, a, a, a apartment community or a flat community. How would you guys call it here? Um, Apartment building. Apartment building. Okay, so yeah. let's just talk about, can you give us like three easy steps that it took to really Ooh, start that? Steps. Three steps. Just three of the first steps. Three steps. Look, so if you're going to, if you want to build something from scratch, the first thing you need is a site. You need a location. You mm -hmm. need, you need a, a potential development opportunity. The first thing you need to do is work out what you want to build it, what you want to build. Once you work out what you want to build, then that will determine what location you want to be in. So if you want to build a residential mm -hmm. apartment building then you want somewhere where there's a demand for residential apartments mm -hmm. so if you're building in a central location say the center of london and you know there's a good demand for renting apartments then you should be okay so once you're in that area once you've identified the area look for a potential development site it could be a an old industrial building it could be a car park mm -hmm. whatever it is find that piece of land um, or that potential opportunity and then work out with an architect how many units you're likely to be able to build there. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, then you need to work out the value of what that could be worth later on. So that's done through work, you know, looking at comparable sales, see what apartments sell for or rent for, and then using that to work out what the end value of that project would be once it's built out. Mm -hmm. And then you work backwards and mm. work out what the development cost would be, minus your de development profit. That then dictates what you pay for the land. And then... Then put the offer it, in. And then put, put your right. offer in. Put the offer in and then follow up. Keep following up until the deal's done. And then construction's a whole other process. Yes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of parts to it. And I don't... Just one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Correct. Don't worry about the other stuff. Yeah. The first thing you need to do is find a site. Find a site, yeah. And then once you found a site, then find an architect. People overcomplicate things and that's... I guess one of my strengths is I don't overcome, you know, I, 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 it's sequential. What this bit, yeah. then that bit. I don't worry about who my contractor's going to be. I don't even have a site for another site. Yeah. Mm. But people worry about who their contractor's going to be before they even have a development site. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So, yeah. So, when you, so you, you find your site, you find your architect, right? And I find that sometimes it's difficult. People don't know how to find an architect, right? So. How do you, like, especially here in the UK, someone's watching this episode, how do you go about finding the right architect? Because you need someone who's really, like, they know their stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Right? Because a lot of people say they do it, but they really have no clue, especially when you're talking about scaling at that level. How do you find the right um, architect that works with this size of development? So one of the things we, if you're fresh and you don't have the network to get referrals, so if you can't call somebody you know and ask them for a referral, one of the great ways to do it is look for sites that have already been approved for the for the kind of devel development you want in the area that you need it. So if you're looking in central London, say, you can look on, it's online, all the information, for, I mean, you must have it the same in the US, mm. all information for sites that have been approved and the planning applications are online in some form. And so look online and see what applications have been approved and mm. then see who the architect was on that site mm. and then contact those architects. Pretty straightforward. Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. It's like it's sitting in your don't, face. Don't you just overcomplicate it. <laughs> right, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Just look online. See what permits are approved. So or, like, you can go to building sites. And I know in America, they'll have, like, like um, in front of the building site, they'll no. have, like, the, what's pretend, like the rendering. 
and they'll have like the architect uh, names yeah. and everything like that. That's another way you can go oh, about they go finding. The front of the site? Yeah, finding the um, finding the architect. Now, you how do you get funding? Because I know you ain't using all your money to build these properties. So how do you go about getting funding? Are you getting private money from private investors? Are you yeah. using like construction loans? Like how are you getting these, these these projects built? It's pretty much like you said. So it's it's a mixture of investment funds and a mixture of uh, development finance. Mm -hmm. So um, if I've got a project that, if I've got a 10 million pound project and I require a million pounds in investment funds, then those funds can be raised from an investor, say, who puts up a million quid. And if it's six million pounds for the construction, then you can raise the money from the development finance. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the deal and the criteria from the development lender, how much money they want you to have in the game, mm -hmm. skin in the game, as it were. Um, so it's a mixture of private investment, private investors and um, development. But so, um, so look, I'm looking at alternative means. Um, I'm open to a fund, so I'm currently thinking about setting up a fund so we don't have a requirement to keep going back to investors ah. and raising individually. So that's something we're looking into currently. But How do you set up a fund? No idea, I'm looking into it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Into it. Um, so I, fortunately, I know, f I know a few people that have funds, and so I'm just going to lean on them. Funnily enough, I had a meeting yesterday about it mm -hmm. in London with a, a big private, private, private equity investor. Um, who, has a, who has a large fund, um, so that's one of the things we discussed. But I'm just going to dig deep into it. Just dig deep and just go see. see Using your relationships, basically. Research. I've, I've read. I've read a couple of books on it. To be fair, um, just just ask. You just ask the right questions. I never mm -hmm. try to overcomplicate things. When I when I um, when I find out about something, I ask mm -hmm. around right. people that I think are in the, that will be in the know, and I read some information on it. Ask good books. Let me ask you a question. So right now you're working on a really big project. I was just, you know, of course, y'all know I love me some Instagram. I was, I was scrolling your page and I said, wait a minute, let me stop. You're standing in front of a huge building. Can you tell us more about this current project you're working on and just tell us more about the comp your company? Yeah, so my company is a volume property redevelopment and investment company. So we find sites from uh, that don't have planning. We take it from planning right through to build it out and then rent them out. Mm -hmm. um, so that one that you saw on uh, Instagram is 70 units, so it's student accommodation, 70 self-contained apartments. Um, and it's in the central, central of Birmingham, Birmingham City Centre. Uh, what else do you want to know? Rental, the rent will probably produce in the region of about £650,000 per year from that building. That's what we want to know. 650,000 <laughs> pounds per year. That's what gross. we wanted to know. Yeah, gross, yeah. Off of 17, off of 70. 70. 70. 70. Oh, I was about to say over 17 dollars. <laughs> like, look, I got 70. a couple dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the dollars, you know, the pound is stronger, but like, right. can I invest in this shit too? Like, damn. Nice yeah, that's what we want to know. Seven, 70 units, 650,000 pounds per year. Yeah, it's about 9 million pound mm -hmm. uh, GDP development value so yeah that's a that's big amazing. project that's now, a huge project you're a fan of student housing right like how did you get what made you go to student housing versus like doing regular cash tenants uh yeah, good question so I, I i when i was studying at university my towards my uh end of my first year actually i met a, a landlord who was renting their house out 
to students. So we and my, you know, me and my friends went to mm -hmm. go and view houses to see which houses we'd live in for the following year. Uh -huh. So in, on the first year at, at university in the UK, you, you normally live on campus, and then your second year onwards, you'll, you'll um, usually look for accommodation elsewhere. I met a landlord, I knew she wanted tenants, so I said to her, I can find you tenants for your other houses. She agreed, and so it was. I was just trying to make some money. It was a bit, just a bit of a hustle, <laughs> yeah. I guess. So I, I was trying to make money by finding students for these landlords. I knew the students because they're at uni, and so that's how it started. So it was just chance that I was trying to make money. I've always been, you know, someone that's tried to make a bit of money, um, and so then I took that and started managing properties. When I graduated from university, I did it full time. I had clients ready. And I didn't really make any money. You do it all without breaking a sweat. And you do it all in style. From being a boss exec to getting the kids ready for school, checking homework, family dinners, lunches and brunches with your day ones, trips to the salon, and weekend getaways are anything but a getaway. That's why Infinity fully reimagined the QX60 to help you conquer it all with ease. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. Even when you have back-to-back -back conference calls on top of the kids' basketball practices, not to mention your side hustles, it's all done with grace. The all-new Infiniti QX60 has available features like seating for up to seven passengers, a suite of active safety features, and massaging front seats. It's the SUV designed to help you conquer life in style. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Also, was at university. I didn't really make much money at all. But when I graduated, I did it full time. I had the clients ready. So then I started letting into mm. management. Mm -hmm. And then whilst doing that, that's when I realized, shit, the real people make it, you know, the real money is coming from the owners. I need yeah. to own property. Can't keep leasing these properties or managing them. Yeah. Because what I, what I ended up doing was started to make some decent money. Then you've got to start recruiting staff. Yeah. yeah. And then that takes the cash flow down. And then you've got to get more properties to cover that. And then it's just like a cycle. So where's the actual big win? Big win comes from the ownership. So that's how we got to that point where mm -hmm. I realized. So it's a, it's a kind of a progression. Mm -hmm. I've realized, all right, I need to do that next. And I'd go and get information, ask around. I didn't know the difference between a, when I was starting out, I didn't know the difference between a, an architect and a planning consultant. Mm. Oh. I had no idea. I we have no idea. Tell, 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 tell our people well, what so, the difference is. So it's, if you speak to someone in development now, that would, sounds crazy a planning consultant is someone that just has planning knowledge and planning expertise on planning law mm. and planning policy so they'll advise you on what's possible and not you do it all without breaking a sweat and you do it all in style from being a boss exec to getting the kids ready for school checking homework family dinners lunches and brunches with your day ones trips to the salon and weekend getaways are anything but a getaway that's why Infinity fully reimagined the QX60 to help you conquer it all with ease. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. Even when you have back-to-back -back conference calls on top of the kids' basketball practices, not to mention your side hustles, it's all done with grace. The all-new Infinity QX60 has available features like seating for up to seven passengers, a suite of active safety features, and massaging front seats. It's the SUV designed to help you conquer life in style. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Architect is someone who designs the building. So they're different roles. So I went to a planning consultant at first thinking they could design my, I had no idea. This is what, 
I've got, I started with no contacts and no experience at all. I just knew there's a site there and I want to do something. Mm. So mm. I just asked around. So you had to get the planning consultant and the architect. So I didn't even need that planning consultant in the end because a planning consultant is really needed when the site's a bit more complex. Okay. Mm. So when it's not straightforward, that's when you get a planning consultant in to advise you and the architect on the approach. Got it. Mm -hmm. You don't even need a planning consultant. It depends on the deal. When they, when they get larger, you tend to need them because they're more, uh, a bit more contentious and a bit more complicated. Mm. Oh. So at this point, how many apartment buildings have you, have you all built? Um, we're on number four. Mm -hmm. mm. And how much in total volume? Volume. Yeah, value. like as far as value, yeah. Um, total value. So we're on, at the moment, we've got 19, or no, 20 million in construction and the mm. development. Wow. Um, we okay. finished one last year, which was uh, six and a half million pound development. Um, and yeah. And all, and all of these are buying, you keep, you're developing them and, and now you, you you're just rent them. For now, for now. I have a question. For now, so that's intention. Okay. Um, so how, how often, like right now, of course the end goal is to have them pre-leased. Um, so that's what your company does. You pre-lease a lot of these to the student housing or do you wait until it's done? No, we, and that's exactly right. So you've got to, you've got to start pre-leasing or pre-letting them before the building's finished because you're going to find yourself with a, a building that's a building when, got no, to do when, when no cash flow and, it, and, some, and some people make that mistake some developers even just like when you build a property to sell you've got to start selling it pre um when it, you know before it's built so yeah we, we pre-let it um and we do really nice fancy cgi renders and let it that way Mm. I saw some of your renderings oh, on you your page. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to ask. I'm, I'm figuring, I'm like, I see the renderings and you can sell off the renderings and, and just the location in itself. And people want to be the first. And of course, prices go up as, you know, yeah. homes stay on the market. But how difficult is that when you're, if you're targeting student housing, right? Because these students, they're students, right? They're going to university. So they're not, it's not a long term. So like, how do you really like hone in and like capture that? that student to really get into your your apartment when it could take a year yeah. or 18 months to fully have it ready? Uh, good question. So I, some of it, some of them are nervous. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of them are maybe that nervous that they don't book yeah. because they think the building may not be ready. So that's that's one part of it. Some of it's about um, building up a brand. So one, I mean, so one thing that we're, you know, we're a stickler for is those CGI's need to look, that building needs to look just like those CGI images. And a lot of the industry in student accommodation, generally, they, they underperform or underdeliver on when they sell the images. This is what it will look like. Mm. They underperform, and it doesn't normally it doesn't look, look like, like that. Yeah. What the student bought yeah. into. So by the time they move in, they're disappointed. And catfishing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big catfish. <laughs> Basically, Basically get catfished. Exactly it. So we're very intentional on that. We want it to be better than the CGI, and the CGI images are great. So. Mm. Um, you know, if you check on our, our, our oh, website, yeah. my Instagram, you can see they're really nice images. But we we deliver on those images, so we make sure it's just like that. So that helps. Mm -hmm. That helps. So if they if they know that you're going to deliver on what you say, mm. and do you know, what, and if you don't, they'll let everybody know. Yeah, they definitely will. <laughs> like, they definitely will. They always say that bad news travels fast. That's true. Mm -hmm. So people can have a good experience and may not even tell anyone. No right. one, and especially not the internet on the reviews. Right. But bad experience, everyone's going to know about it. 
So it's a, it's a challenge and you've got to be on your A game, haven't you? You've got to be on your A game. So with you owning these buildings, like what is your end goal? Like what is, the, what is the big picture for you? Because now we're at these huge buildings, apartment buildings, you're saying you're holding them. You don't know if you're going to ever want to sell them. Like what are your thoughts? I just, there is, um, uh, the goal right now is to build up quite a large portfolio. So um, I actually think these buildings are small. So you think what well, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. Like, so 70 flats in the student accommodation industry in the UK is small. You're on the smaller side. Yeah. So we've got, um, there's one that we've got under construction, which is the second phase of uh, the 48 flat one. Okay. So once that's finished, it'll be 156 uh, altogether. And we've got a phase three. And once that's finished, we'll be over 270 beds. Mm -hmm. So that's a, when, once it gets to 270, that's a proper size student accommodation block. So that's over a 30 million pound building at that stage. I think it's actually, it's probably closer to 35 with the amount mm. of studios we have in there. So we're, we're looking to do more deals like that, build up a larger portfolio, and then we'll make a decision at that point as to whether we continue with it or we, or we sell. But the portfolio has got to get bigger because as it gets bigger, that cap rate, you can drop it mm -hmm. because there's a premium when you're selling a portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. If you're selling an individual property, it might be whatever it is, you know, 6%, yeah. oh, yeah. six and a half. But if you've got, you know, if you've got a huge portfolio of a few thousand beds, of course. you could get four and a half percent, five percent. And that, as you know, that one percent on the cap rate is absolutely massive, especially when you're dealing with deals this size. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. Makes a break you. Millions and millions. Yeah, yeah it know, can make or break you. Oh, massively. So, that, I mean, so look, a million pound, if you're getting a million pound net, and these, value, these buildings are valued on net rent, they're not valued on an individual flat or whatever it is, it's valued mm. on how much rent do you get in for the building, what does it cost to operate that building, mm. and what rent are you left with? That's what you use then to put your cap rate against. Um, so if you've got a million pounds net rent and mm -hmm. your cap rate is 6%, that building's worth 16, just 16.7 million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you've got a cap rate of 5%, that building's worth 20 million. Mm -hmm. So that value, by just changing the valuation. It just switches it. It switches it right there. Over three million pounds, so it's... It's, it's a no-brainer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So intention is really, if you're, if you're in my sector, a lot of the transactions are where developers or owners will build up a portfolio and then sell it to like a Blackstone. Mm. Oh, some yeah, other of course. Big, I mean, you know Blackstone. Yeah, yeah. of course 100%. we do. So you'd sell it to a big institution. Um, that are looking to buy. So that's that your that, that may be the bigger play for you. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. here for it. Hundred like, percent. There's no other way. There's, there's no, no other way. There's no other reason to be doing this. Go bigger, go bigger. Is what yeah. they say, right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this though, right? COVID supply issues, raising construction costs for just the supplies, the lumber, the steel. Yeah. How are you guys managing that, and how are you saving money? Because I know you're saving no, money. You're dressing shop over here, brother. So I know you're saving clean. money. You clean as hell. That's you know, I I think about that a lot. Construction costs are just absolutely crazy. And so one of the ways is having a trying to have a good relationship with the contractor uh -huh. and making sure everything's clear and open. Ideally, if you can have an open book relationship with the contractor so you can see what's actually being paid. That's mm -hmm. ideal. Um, making sure you've got enough margin. If, if you've paid the right price to begin with for the land and you mm -hmm. haven't overpaid, then ideally there's some margin there just in case, well, they're likely to go up. 
especially in this, I mean, it's happening worldwide, isn't it? Construction costs are going crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so as, you, as, as the costs increase and your margin gets squeezed, mm -hmm. if you pay the right price for the land, then there should be a little juice there to, to try and shelter against the, the cost overruns. Uh, but it's a, it's a, we're very conscious of that. And um, no, it's a big topic. It's huge. It's a huge topic. Nice. Have you experienced any delays on any of your projects because of the supply? Um, I'm seeing that a lot in, in America. Well, it's interesting you say that because that, that we had issues on that 70 flat, that 70 apartment scheme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was meant to be finished in August last year. See? But the developer, um, the developer, the contractor got into issues. So we use the main contractor. So we use main contractors normally in a design and build contract where we put the whole contract with them and they're responsible for. Mm -hmm. delivering, it, delivering the project with subcontractors. Yeah. Um, they got into issues other, on other projects and finances and, and there was a delay. So that project's now set to be finished in May. Mm -hmm. So we're close now, we're near the end, fortunately. Um, but no, it happens. And yeah. they cited COVID, but you know, really good contractors can, can work their way around it. They can get really organized and they can work through the issues. So I think if your operation wasn't that great to begin with, and we did great due diligence, the bank did great due diligence because they're not going to lend money about doing the proper DD. Absolutely, it um, it happens. So it's, it's a concern. Yeah. And it's and there's a lot of contractors. I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but oh, yeah. in the UK, mm -hmm. there's a lot of contractors. Same there, thing. And there's a lot going bust. Right. Yeah. There's a lot going bust. And One minute they look good. Next minute they are, you can't find them. And that happens. Con to, and it happened to like a, a a client of an agent I know. They built like two million dollar house. They gave them like two hundred thousand dollars, and then the, they just ran off with bankrupt, filed bankruptcy, uh. and just disappeared. And so it's like there's no. Is there like a book of business? Like we have like the Better Business Bureau. We have certain things. Like what would someone look for to really find a good contractor? Because that's like the, uh, everybody's uh, looking for that. Absolutely. No, once you once you find out, let me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's cheer to that. Because that right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we both know that's, that's what everybody wants to know. We never know. When we'll we all find out, we'll let you all know. Because we know. Look, contractors are con, C O N, contractors. So you got to be very careful. Yeah. It's, it's it's a working relationship, isn't it? Finding people you can trust. But you can do a lot of due diligence. You right. can look at their financials. You can look at their, their books, mm -hmm. their last three years' accounts, and the forecast. But if they're on issues on their other jobs, so I don't know what it's called in the, in the UK, it's called liquidated damages. So if they're late, mm -hmm. they, you get to charge them a penalty. Yes, we can mm -hmm. do that too. So you, yeah. you have that in your contract? Yeah. Yeah. Just like we have in our contract. Yeah. Yeah. So if that contractor del delivers it late, they're going to get hit a penalty every week or every day. That rate goes up. Um, and so if they run into issues on their other projects, mm. how are we to know? They're yeah. not going to tell us. So unless we physically visit those projects and get on site, which is, you know, so how feasible is it? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. If they're running into financial issues on three or four other jobs, they, and they're huge jobs, if they're 30, 40 million pound jobs or 20 million pound jobs, mm. and their LADs are, liquidated damages are 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 grand a week, that could wipe a contractor out because they don't work on huge margins. Yeah. They work on, well, they're meant to work on five-ish percent, but yeah. some of them will aim for 10. Yeah. So if they're working between a five to 10% margin on a 20 million pound bill, say, mm. mm -hmm. it's only two million quid. Yeah. So a lot can go wrong. 
Absolutely. Oh, so it's, a, it's a difficult, yeah, it's, a, it's a crazy business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like they're that gonna, you said that, though. You just said, you just gave a gym and didn't even recognize it. You said maybe it would be feasible <laughs> to visit their previous sites. Like, because you, you already did the current homework, sites. The, the current sites. Yeah. The ones that you were already, so you already vetted these people anyway. So to visit and see, okay, let me see what's happening with their projects because whatever's happening with their other projects can affect yours. Yeah. That's uh, a gym. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, and, and it's probably regular visits as well, maybe. Oh, I agree. How'd you get in? Yeah. Regular visits to the other sites because they could be good to begin with, but yeah. if, you're, if you're on it, if your build is 18 month build, they could get in issues nine months down the line Absolutely. with your project, so then that impacts you near Absolutely. the end of your project. Mm. So it gets interesting, doesn't it? It's, it's, a, a, it's, a, cra <laughs> it's a crazy game. My biggest concern is the contractor. Uh -huh. So I'm working on a, a quite a decent sized deal in the background. Um, it's about 40 million GDV. Big student, stu another student scheme. So we don't just do student, but we started in student, and so they're the ones that are coming through first. We do residential apartments and other things, social housing. But um, I mean, even on that one, I met with the contractor on site, and they were like, oh, it's great that you're doing this project. And I was like, well, this comes down to you. Yeah. I can, I can put everything in place. Yeah. But it's the contractor is a key part of this. Right. Yeah. Because they're the ones that can really mess the whole thing they're up. They're going to make a break. I can yeah. line up the financing. I can line up the team. But if the contractor doesn't deliver, mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing else you can it's do. Nothing yeah, else it's nothing else you can do. What is, you're in a situation look man i know we press for time you got meetings today yeah, so i know i know look, we appreciate every minute that you gave us today. we, we <laughs> can't let you leave without giving us one final rant and one more gem for our audience rant i'd say i think a lot of people especially our people don't think big enough mm -hmm. they for some reason they think it's not them they think it's other people that are it's good for them why not you Mm. Why not you? Why not? Why is it not your time? Why are you not capable to to do that? I, I want to, uh, yeah. Not thinking big enough, I'd say. Think bigger. Yeah. yeah. Think much bigger yeah. and act on it. I wish a gem. Gem. Uh, I'd say team. Surround yourself with a good team. It's just like a a football team. If mm -hmm. a, you start you start with a good team. If, well, you start and then you recruit your team, you recruit your players. Yeah. Someone's not good. What'd you do? Cut them. Cut them. Gotta go. And get someone else in. Yeah. Right. Don't keep them on just because they're your starting team. Absolutely. Ooh. So it's just that and then keep improving on your team. So surround yourself with the right people, get the right team in and be willing to have those difficult conversations and cut people that are not cutting it and um, keep the ones that are great. Hire fast and fire faster. Fast. Yeah. Like right. So Anthony, tell them how to find you. Uh, look, you can check me out on Instagram. So it's Anthony Laville. Uh, it's on YouTube as well. And TikTok and all the socials. It's all my name, full name, Anthony Laville. Look, this Love was a, a dope episode. Oh, yeah. Thank you for Thank your you. time today. I know you're extremely busy. You got big deals happening, big meetings happening. So <laughs> we appreciate you stopping by today on location um, at Stalk Restaurant here in um, London. So um, thank you for your time, Kiana. This was another dope episode. It was an amazing episode. I'm loving episode. this London real estate. Like, I'm loving the London real, yeah. real estate. I, I mean, I always wanted to build my own apartment community. So just talking to you, it's just it's so much motivation Absolutely. in itself and so Absolutely. much information just to act upon it. So I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much. My name is Kiana Watson. 
License number 317576. Broker extraordinaire. Hashtag international Q. <laughs> international Q. I like that. <laughs> Matt Garland here. And MLS number 58700. International MG. Hashtag that shit. All right. Thank we you guys. Thank you Peace. guys for tuning in to another episode of the Rants and Gems show. Peace. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.